0: do you like my tiny guitar it's so small Thank you for being
1: here.
0: Happy New Year's Eve. Do people say that? I saw the light flashing out in the lobby. If you hear my voice, come on in and join us. Um, If you're online, thanks for tuning in. But for everyone that's in here, if you could stand and join me in worship, that would be awesome. Make sure I don't move too much. My little baby guitar's batteries died. So. <laughs> Seat. It's your turn.
2: Thank you, Hannah. You know we're we're allowed to applaud a church for Hannah. Let's give her a hand. My name is Harvey, and uh, welcome everybody to church today, uh, particularly those who are here for the first time. Hi, Jackie, here for the first time. And uh, this is testimony time. This is when you share with us how God was involved in your life this last week. So Jackie has her hand up. Come on, Jackie.
3: Um. I have a friend named Elizabeth Borg, and, um, she tells me that she works, she works at, for, in her church, and she tells me a lot of it about it, and she showed me a picture of her as an altar server in her church, and I thought that was really a good God moment there. amen you, Mom.
2: let's see let's see somebody's hands that I's going to say something to oh okay dan
4: harvey just looks at me and won't let go until i stand up and say something so might as well say something so uh you know i i uh dealing with pain, bursitis uh, for a couple of years now, a lot of pain, get a little bit of relief every now and then from shots, but they're wearing off. And uh, um, and I've told the testimony of God telling me to dance with God, you know, and all this. And so um, uh, there's there's just sometimes, you know, when it's, the pain's a lot. And one of the things, my dance tunes I've found, some of you may know it is the song tear off the roof uh oh gosh i'm blanking on the guy's name uh but it's it's split in with scenes from the chosen where they lower the guy down and tear off the roof you know <laughs> the singer. Uh, Oh gosh, the guy's name I can't forget. But anyway, I watched that video time after time and it's a beautiful video cut with that scene plus the scene with the woman with the flow of blood who reaches out and touches the hem of Jesus garment. And uh I just want to thank God for people that uh their ministry gets caught up in either books or videos or things like that that reach reach us at the right time and and that song is uh Brendan Brendan Brandon Lake, Brandon Lake, yes, Brandon Lake. Great song, great song. Google it or find it on YouTube. (laughs) Great.
2: Who else? I'll be a show of hands. Yes, sir.
5: I'm not sir, you know me. (laughs) Morning. I'm Ed. So, one of the phrases that somebody said to me a long time ago that runs through my head all the time is, that when God gives you gifts and grace, it always comes with a call. And it seems like recently I've been getting more calls than grace. Now that just means I'm not paying attention, but um, my mother, who is 95, lost her roommate, I don't know, three weeks ago now. And it seems like that's really taken its toll on my mother, and she is slowing down a lot. That has kind of waterfall effects because my sister-in-law is the daughter of the woman that was my mother's roommate and my sister-in-law was taking care of both of them now she's taking care of my mother. And she's okay with that and, but I have a sister who lives in Hawaii. Good for her, huh, but my sister-in-law has an issue with control. And she wants to make sure everything's going okay here. And I get that, but what I don't accept all the time are the phone calls saying, hey, you need to do this and you need to do that. And oh, by we, the way that we, we need to talk about you being a Lone Ranger and not talking to me before you do things. And I really had it like up to here yesterday and she could tell I'd had it up to here. And I just kind of said, look, I gotta go and ended the phone call. But God doesn't want me to tell her to stay away or to stop or to be quiet or anything else. And I'm really, trying to, <laughs> I'm really trying to let his grace pour through me because there are some real issues here we have to resolve. And then I have a really good friend that God put in my life about two and a half years ago. And she and I are now business partners and my friend struggles with Candida. And I don't know if any of you know what that is, but it's a tough thing. And it has all kinds of side effects throughout her body about six months ago she went on the candida diet and it all cleared up but she finished that diet and it's all come back and i feel like god's telling me i need to ask her what's really going on because i know that when i don't pay attention to my health it's because i'm trying to fill a hole in an unnatural way and so I'm, I'm really grateful, and I know he's there, and I know he's with me all the time. But sometimes I just want to say, why, Lord, why me? And I think about Isaiah, and Isaiah said, I'm here. Anyway, thank you.
3: Thank you. Hi, my name is Greg and I was driving in the car a couple weeks ago and had a God moment and I felt like I should share it this morning. So, um, I was listening to the radio and the song came on Crazy About You by Torrin Wells and it just really spoke to my heart in that moment and I felt God's closeness. And I'm going to read a couple of the lyrics and maybe this can be meaningful to you this morning. He's crazy about you, didn't want to live without you. He traded the stars for a chance at your heart, just to show you it's true. He's crazy about you, died so you didn't have to, tore your failure apart. Now he wears your scars, that's how much he loves you. He's never been mad at you, he's only been madly in love. And it's never been about what you do, it's always been about what he's done. It's something you just can't hear enough. He's never held your past against you, He's only held you close. He'd never give and take it back. You are the one he chose. And the more of him you know, you'll know that he's crazy about you. There's not a moment you're not on his mind. There's no second guessing his sacrifice. He has paid it all 10 million times over and over. There's not a moment you're not on his mind. He's crazy about you. didn't want to live
2: without you. Thank you. Thank you. Show of hands, well, while you're deciding to raise your hand, I'm gonna tell you a couple couple quick things. Um, good news, uh, this coming Wednesday, <coughs> I'm going to the doctor. They took three tests on my heart. Right now, I'm pretty out of breath, but they, took, they did three tests, and we're gonna find out. Uh, and yes, uh, Jerry, I do have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> so they're gonna tell me what they found. I, I don't have. I don't have a clue. But they tested, and and, and all three tests hurt like. <laughs> but that's okay. It didn't hurt very. It didn't hurt very long. Uh, the other thing is, um, and I know you're getting ready to raise your hand. So while I'm talking, just go ahead and raise your hand. Um, we went to uh, Marty Hill's dad's funeral, and. Uh, It was incredible. It was not a funeral that you probably would be used to. It ran two and a half hours. Uh, They had a church service at the same time, but it it was beautiful. And then I was telling the pastor that the music was, they probably played Jerry, what, 12 songs, I would imagine, something like that. I didn't recognize one of them. And that was in a kind of a, I don't know, what what kind of style can I say without? Yeah, uh, g- 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 gospel. It was fantastic, fantastic. And I left there with, with a great feeling in my heart. I've never heard any type of music like that. Be, although my mom was from Kentucky and she would have known every word of it. So who else is gonna raise their hand and talk? You know, I can't pray for you. Somebody's got their hand up, wait back there, wait. I can't pray for you guys, if you don't let us know what's going on with your life. There you go.
4: Thank you.: Hi, my name is Richard. About three months ago, I was let go from my job for poor job performance, and now I have four interviews scheduled next week work, working with autistic children. So God's definitely been working in my life, and I felt God talking to me in the spirit of Robocop: "Protect the innocent, uphold the law.") Remember, citizen, God
2: is watching you. Yeah, Any anyone else? Okay. All right, I'm gonna make it make it way down to put the microphone, but I'm gonna be back up there talking about our warming center in just a few minutes, so uh, get your date book open, because I expect most of you to participate. <laughs> right. <laughs> What? I can't. I just my schedule.
5: That's my schedule.
2: Okay. All okay. right. Thank you all. We'll see you in a few minutes. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I actually have something. I was kind of thinking about it while, while uh, Harvey was walking around. Um, I know I've shared about this like, over the last two years that I've gone to this church um but my relationship with my family has been really complicated for the last few years and things have been really up and down um and so the holidays are really really hard um because uh i think before i saw my parents for christmas i hadn't seen them since easter um and so my mom invi- loose, very loosely invited me to christmas um and i spent the whole week before being super super stressed about it i didn't know what i was walking into and um I told Taylor I was going to go by myself because I didn't know what it was going to be like. Um, And seeing people that there have been really, really deep hurts within the last couple months. um, But I just heard a whisper in my head um, of something that Amanda said when she was teaching months ago. That was, um, you know, forgive them the Lord, uh, forgive them the way that the Lord would forgive them. Not the way that I would. And so I just sat with my family for the first time in a really long time. And over the last how many days since then, we've gotten two separate invitations from both my mom and my dad to come hang out with them tonight. Um, So I'm reluctant. There's a lot of hurt still, but I know that the Lord is faithful. And even if it doesn't look the way that I want it to, I know that he's still there and that he's still following us through, that he still loves all of us, and that even if I'm still angry sometimes, um, I'd rather have grace and love them while while I can. So, um, cool. (laughs) Yay. Uh, Thanks. Um, We have one more song. So if you wanna stand and join me, that'd be awesome.
1: put
2: Thank you. Of course, a lot of you know that uh, we have small, small groups in church.
5: Excuse the kids first.
2: Oh. All the kids, you're, uh, you're excused, so go back <laughs> <and> that way. <laughs> Thank you anyway uh, there's a lot of small groups in the church as you well know and um, we have five gentlemen in our small group and we are now studying matthew 25. well that happens to be my favorite book and that's my favorite chapel our chapel chapter and i'll tell you why remember this raise your hands when you start hearing it but jesus when did we give you water when you were thirsty? When did we give you food when you were hungry? When did we give you clothing where you were naked? Anybody? What did Jesus say? Shout it out. Anybody? That's right. Even as you have done it to the least of men and women, you have done it to me so we're studying that and I preface this my little speech it says I got five minutes but pastor I'll probably take (laughs) twelve there's a lot to read here Uh, anyway we want to talk about our um, warming center which is going to start on January 21st and go through February 4th almost all of you here know what I'm talking about when we talk about the warming center we have folks who are homeless come into our church as they do other churches that are involved with the warming center. Uh, This year, we're gonna have 40 people. We're not yet sure about how many men and how many women that will be, but uh, the number will be 40 of our capacity. We need volunteers to do all sorts of things. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, I think we need a probably total of 150 volunteers. There are boards out in the hallway um, that you can ask the person that will be up there uh, about what do they mean, and I'm gonna give you a few examples of what you can do. Uh, The hardest thing is getting people to work the overnight shift. Now, 20 years ago, 22 years ago or so, uh, when we were involved with the Warming Center here, it was a First Baptist Church at the time, the person who took the overnight shift literally worked overnight from, say, 8 o'clock till 7 o'clock in the morning, but we've, we have divided that up now. So let me tell you, uh, the first shift will be from 8 o'clock to 2 o'clock, and then the second shift, 1.45 to 7.15. And if you want to learn a little bit more about it, we'll have a person standing out by that board to let you know uh, what it is to be there. And I I have to tell you, I I work as a greeter for, I don't know, 25 years probably, maybe a little bit longer. Um, The group is incredible. They love Genesis. They love Genesis because we are following what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And what is that? To love, sit down with them, pray with them, if they want to play a game with you you're gonna you're gonna do that but uh, so we have that uh, one thing I don't I want to say right now so I don't forget because Allison said if I forget that never mind about my heart <laughs> she's gonna <laughs> she'll do something else to me but anyway it, there is a mandatory training center f- uh, for the overnight host next next Sunday uh, from 1230 till 1:30, and we want to make sure that you're gonna you're gonna be there for that. If you, can't, if you can't do the things that we're asking you to do, uh, I'll just, Alison, I'll just say it right out. Get out your purse or your wallet then. We need, we need to buy things uh, for the folks that are coming in. Um, we do have some sizes here. Uh, if you want to get into um, uh, underwear for women, sizes, median and large. Uh, for men, it would be for medium-large and extra-large. We need hat and gloves. You Remember, it's going to be cold out there. And um, so we want, we want to do that as well. Um, if you've never been here for the warming center, uh, it would be like me trying to describe the Grand Canyon to you. I can't do it. I can't do it. But the folks who come in, the men and women who come in, are incredibly thankful for what we're doing. And there's a a number of other churches uh, that do it as well, but I wanna talk about Genesis right now. It's remarkable how, once you get involved in it, uh, how easy it is to do that. Um, let me tell you a, a real quick comparison. Pastor, raise your hand if I'm talking too much. No, I can't see anyway. These glasses aren't too good. Anyway, when I, when I was mayor, say 1992, we built a new swimming pool at East Point. Okay? And we had an opening thing. We had to cut the ribbon, and I go there, and the pool is beautiful. The, the diving board is sky high. And they said, okay, come on Curly, come on Curly, you gotta dive off the board. I says, there's no way I'm gonna do that. So they finally talked me into it, so I climb up the steps, keep climbing. I finally get on the top and I go out, and oh my goodness, it's got, I don't know how big it was. So I finally jump off, go into the water, come back up, and I said, why was I frightened? Why did I hesitate? So what I did, I cut out of the water, I said, excuse me, kid, excuse me, kid, and I just stopped and I dove in again. So my, why I tell you that is because, so if you're frightened, if you're apprehensive, do it, because I will guarantee you, you will be the first one to volunteer next year. You really will. Allison, have I forgotten anything yet? Nothing? Okay, listen. Go out in the hallway after church service is over. There'll be somebody there to explain the different jobs. Uh, there's all kinds of jobs. When you need over 100 people, there's, there's gonna be a lot of jobs to do. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'll go out there and stand back and see how many people actually <laughs> go by the boards and ask questions. So remember, remember the date, and God bless you. Uh, we have a fantastic uh, teaching today. I think Bo's doing the teaching. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. <laughs> Am I done? Yeah. What's next? <laughs> yes, you're done. <laughs> Who said that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, God bless. What? Oh, no, I know what I gotta do. Jeez, oh, Pete. This, uh, this is the first time I did announcements, so forgive me. Uh, I'm just gonna read it, okay? Um, We operate as an all-inclusive community relying solely on internal funding. You know what internal funding means? Right here, right in the sanctuary. Um, Your generosity funds everything we do, supporting missionaries and compassionate partners, hosting events like the Warming Center and covering operational costs. You greatly appreciate your gift And now it's time for the connection, right? Connection is when you walk around and uh, say hi to people you don't know, and I'm I'm really a nut when it comes to that, because I go all over the place and say hi to everybody, and when I see people just sitting there, particularly the elders, I say, you know, you gotta get up and say hi. They don't. <laughs> so, God bless everybody, and uh, this is connection time. So, get out of here, get out of the pews, go walk around, and say hello to everybody. Hey, you okay?
6: Talk, I know.
5: Yeah. I, love wow. I like Britney. I like Britney. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah.
6: Well, good morning. Happy New Year's Eve! You made it in. That means that you're mostly healthy. We hope you had a great Christmas. Harvey asked that question. He's like, "Both? Am I talking too long? Raise your hand." I'm afraid if I do that, he will do the same to me. So. With that in mind, ah, put your hand down, young man. Um, So with that, it will be a beautiful encouragement that we call ourselves a family, an open family. And with that, our family wants to love people and serve people. We serve the marginalized, and so that's what the Warming Center is. We do not do it perfectly. It's at times... there's, it's a mess and there's a great learning for us all. But what I love about the Warming Center is that we're all needed. And so maybe you're like me and you can't do an overnight shift. You can't leave your house in the middle of the night or that, but there's, an, there's other ways for you to be able to participate. And so we continue to remind ourselves that there's enough. That God provides, there's enough. Um, and we also, what I love about the Warming Center I, I think it connects to the heart of just normal people who look at that and say, yeah, that's what Jesus does. And if you follow Jesus, that's what people who follow Jesus do. And I know, I know a lot of people who want to be about those kinds of things as well, but don't know the route to Jesus. And the route for some is to enter the life of Jesus an invitation into the life of Jesus to affirm people who may not have the language of Christianity or anything like that, but they know the value of serving people. So we need your help, and there's no better way than connecting with a neighbor or a friend by even inviting them. So I encourage you, if, they, if it comes up, and with that, we, we love for people to be able to serve with others. So invite your, your neighbors, your friends, coworkers to join in with you in it and affirm what you see in them. They may not have language for it, but I guarantee if you say it, you'll bless them. Uh, We're in this series right now. and It's going to last two more weeks because if you follow a liturgical calendar, and the, you, know, you guys know like the 12 days of Christmas song is actually not the lead up until Christmas. It starts on Christmas Day, and then you start counting to the 12. So right now, we're only in like the sixth or seventh day. So, I mean, if your kids were in here, you don't want to hide this information from them. So if, it's, if there's a present for every day, that's 12 gifts, you know. Um, but we're still in that Christmas season, and it ends on the epiphany. Um, And so we're still teaching through this birth narrative, Jesus. In the series that we're in, based on the song of O Holy Night, how does a weary world rejoice? And the answer, or the response, not the answer, (laughs) the response to that question is this. We root ourselves in ritual. Now you might be like saying, how in the world does ritual help us in our weariness? Because that word might even make you feel wearier. So let's um, let's be open today to the beauty of a God who lives and speaks and breathes life into us. To potentially even learn how rooting ourselves in ritual is our response to weariness. And so, Father, open our eyes to the beauty of your revelation. Open our eyes to the beauty of how you've created us. Open our eyes to the beauty of the seasons and the rhythms and the opportunities to mark moments and enter them in a different way. Open our eyes to your goodness, your nearness to each other. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so the text is Luke 2. And this starts right after the birth of Jesus. This is Luke 2 verses 21 to 40. And you can read along with me or you can listen whichever way seems to work best for you. This is Luke chapter 2 verse 21. On the 8th day, this was after Jesus was born, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of the, by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. and He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. He had, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the Lord required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. And she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was widowed until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on them if you keep reading in luke the next story is when jesus is 12 and it's the passover and they go to jerusalem for the passover feast and for that that celebration and at the temple so we have three stories here are these two so one thing we pause is there a kleenex box anywhere in the pews coming up here because my nose is beginning to drip and my sleeve is the next best oh perfect thank you What is so interesting about these stories, and a lot of times on this text in Luke 2, we'll focus on the prophecies and all these things that are happening or taking place, but which is so interesting, what Luke tells us, he walks us through, in the next three stories, three rituals. And two of them we read here. But two rituals in, in the life of a family. Or the life of an individual. Rituals that are rooted in Judaism. The first one being circumcision. Commanded on the eighth day in the naming of the child. It was a sign. It was a marker. It was a sign of inclusion into a whole family. It was a celebration. On the eighth day, that male child would be circumcised. I I have been able to witness a number. Well, not a number. I've witnessed two circumcisions. One by a, a rabbi who actually performed it for a family and was able to join in on that. And then I um I got to witness two other young people I knew was sort of happening in, in that, and I asked if I could watch and be a part of it because it's weird and I don't know. I thought it'd be cool to be a part. I've actually tried to be a part of a number of them, but got denied. I tried to be a part of both of my sons' circumcisions, but they wouldn't let me. I could have pushed harder. Um and in Judaism, it's a ritual. You know, it's symbolic for them. And for the rest of us, it's, it's cultural for the most part. But that happened. It was a ritual, and it was a ritual for Jesus. And it was a ritual for his family, but it marked a doorway. It, it marked uh, the introduction of his life, but also his participation into a bigger family. A covenant with God. The second ritual was around 30, 31 days, and it was the purification ritual. There's two rituals here. There was a ritual for Mary, and there was a ritual for Jesus. The one for Jesus is because he was the firstborn son. There was a redemption price you had to pay, and you can read this in like Numbers and Leviticus. And and the story goes on. It's kind of the the history is, is that every firstborn male is God's. And in God's plan, every firstborn son would have been the priest. So any family who had a son would have a priest in their family. So the firstborn sons would all be the priestly line. But that fell apart when when the people of Israel revolted to the golden calf. And then the sons of Levi were the only ones who didn't partake in the golden calf. And then God made the Levites um, the priests. Is anyone lost already? and all of this yeah it doesn't matter there was a ritual then they had to pay a redemption price so you get 30 days you would pay this redemption price for the firstborn sons and then also there was a moment of purification for the mother and all these things still happen today but they were they were moments and within that one when they went to, to jerusalem to pay that redemption price that's where these prophecies took place but these are moments these are rituals that jesus and his family stepped into david brooks and i was reading his article saying there should be more rituals he said this we lack rituals and not only that the the rituals that we have um Get, get so inflated, we overload them, and we turn them into expensive, bloated versions of themselves. The ones that we have. We have so few that we go nuts on the ones that we have, and they, they wear us out, and they, they send us into poverty almost. The ritual of marriage. That gets overloaded with costs. And all of these. Um, Sweet 16s get overloaded. Bar mitzvahs get overloaded in this way because we have so few rituals. We lack them. And because of that, daily life goes unstructured. And there's just a passing flow of moments. And because of this, we don't do transitions well. David goes on to say that rituals often mark doorway moments. A moment of stepping into something new or a doorway of leaving something of old. They're doorway moments when we pass from one stage of life to another. And these moments, these rituals, they acknowledge that these passages are not just external changes, but they involve internal transformation. There's something more that's going on than just external. When you think about your life and you think about these doorway moments, these moments that mark a transition, which ones come to your mind? Transitions in life, they get marked. Doorway moments, who could name some doorway moments where you're like, huh, something different is happening here. Something old I'm leaving, something new is coming. What was that? New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, absolutely. Jackie. Well,
3: a lot of times at my work, I wake up doing one, I'm like, I'm doing bad. Like, like, I'm like, I ate groceries, and then one second later, the test, my, my test gets switched. And I'm, like,
0: and I'm like, come on. I'm right in the middle of paying groceries for a customer, and
6: yet you tell me to go out on the Totally. <laughs> True. Thanks, Jackie. Yep. Other transition moments, doorway moments, Dan. Retirement. Graduations. Graduations? Yeah, all of them. I used to kind of mock the preschool graduation, but it, it, it's a transition. It's a significant one. Elementary school, significant transition in middle school. High school, significant transition graduation from college significant transition graduate school significant transition marriage or covenanting significant transition funerals absolutely jackie yeah it was just recent i know who can think of others when transitioning a job Getting a driver's license. Now, here's the thing there's more, and we need more rituals. We have these moments of transitions that we go through the ends of relationships, the ends of friendships, the beginning of friendships, loss of a pet, moving houses, stepping into a new neighborhood. Starting a new job, ending an old job. These are doorway moments when we pass from one stage of life to, to another. A new chapter of life. A ritual is a sequence of actions that symbolically walk you through the interchange in the new stage that life, the new stage that life will require. Sometimes these rituals involve burying something. Funerals have this. But so do baptisms. When you're confronting the loss of the old. Sometimes transitions involve burning something. Or rituals involve burning. I know that that this church here when they had paid off the deed of the property they took the old um yeah and they 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 burned it it's even a sign of god's faithfulness and it's also a sign of saying god this is yours this is yours all of it it's been so cool you can see that in the legacy Of the people who even did that in that moment. I wasn't there. But they're still living it out this day. Lord, this is yours. How do you want to use it? Other ways that this happens, that rituals, they involve um, passing something around. It's a form of creating a new community. Communion is a portion of that. Sometimes the rituals involve anointing something. purification this happens as well in, in baptisms they happen in the jewish practice of the mikveh of spiritual cleaning and sometimes rituals involve putting something on embracing a new life and a new role like a wedding when they put on a ring but what i find so beautiful and this is from um katie lynn curtis and she wrote an article called ritual for living resistance It's actually in a book of essays that she did. And she says that rituals help us practice recovery and discovery. So how does a weary world rejoice? They root themselves in ritual, in practices that allow you to engage, that help you practice recovery and discovery. So when I use those words, when I think ritual, I don't immediately think, oh, wow, I really need that. But when I hear the world's recovery and discovery, oh, I, I, I yearn for both of those. Anyone yearn for recovery? Anyone yearn for discovery? Where when you discover new things, you get awakened? But this is what ritual allows us to do, both recovery and discovery. That's how a weary world rejoices. We enter into these practices of paying attention to the space our soul is inhabiting. To recover and to discover both require presence. And more often than not, these spaces require some sort of ritual. One of the ways that they allow us to recover and discover what rituals help, that rituals provide comfort because they remind us we're not alone. You're not alone, you're not by yourself. They pull people in and around you. This morning, we were going to engage in the ritual of a a baby dedication. The family got sick, (laughs) and so that will happen. Uh, a few weeks from now. But what they do is they pull people in. And they pull voices in. And they, they mark this moment. This moment in the life of a child. They mark a moment in the life of a family. They mark a moment in the life of parents. They mark a moment in the life of a church. where We all step into it. But they pull people together. When we do the baby dedications, we remind the parents that this child is God's. You're not alone. This child is on loan from God. You're not alone as you have community and friends around you and your family around you who say, we have your back and your best interest. And not only that, when it's done in a church community, we say, church, we have you. For those who serve in the garden, the kids, that's an example of people who say, we've got your back, you're not alone. I tell you what, my family would not have made it without the community here who continues to surround us and say, we've got you, we're with you, you're not alone. And those moments remind us, so rituals remind us, you're not alone. Maybe you'll engage in one tonight on New Year's Eve, where they can remind you you're not alone. And that just adds some moment of recovery, but also discovery of the good that God has put around us. Rituals are important because they also provide comfort. Oh, not only because they they provide comfort that we're not alone, but rituals also force a pause. A pause, a moment to reflect, where they, they look at their life and they begin to ask the big questions. They encourage us to be more intentional about life in the moments that we're in. I think New Year's Eve as a ritual kind of creates that. Sometimes the ritual has always been forward thinking and what are the new resolutions that you're going to do what's the new thing and that sometimes becomes overboard and overloaded and makes weary people more weary (laughs) instead of providing comfort and pause but i heard of a ritual that somebody does they think that these moments and i think it goes hand in hand with how a weary world rejoices they look at the last year and they ask two questions And so I want you to pause with me right now and answer two questions. When you think of the last year, what's something of the things you've lost in the last year? What are the losses that you've experienced in the last year? And part of this is just acknowledging there were things that stopped or that went away. Or that transitioned. What what did you lose in the last year? The easy ones, not the easy, but the top of mind ones when we think about that were deaths or maybe friendships, a relationship. So what are the losses? When I was thinking about this, I thought about a couple relationships that just do not have the same rhythm to them or orbit to them that have been lost. Sometimes opportunities stop. What were the losses? But in hand in hand, as we look at this, what were the things that you gained in this year? What were the discoveries? What did you learn? What were the new ah ahas over this year? Were there new relationships? Was there a new birth? Was there, what was new in the year in the transition? There's something about marking both of these things and, and holding them loosely in a form of being able to understand these pauses within these moments of rituals and acknowledging them with others that makes these moments not just lost, but significant? So maybe you're with some people, and so instead of like, what's the thing you're gonna try to do next year, what if it was just the pause, and just acknowledging what has already come? The doorway that's being stepped into, or the doorway that you've already walked through this year? God bless you, Jackie. Just to make a list, to name one or two, Losses or gains. You can say goodbye to that season before and welcome in a new season to come. Within rituals is how a weary world rejoices. One of the questions that David Brooks, he asked this question here there should be a ritual for. And so the question is, what should there be a ritual for that is lacking? He has a list. So an example says there should be a ritual for a felon who has finished their sentence and is welcomed back whole into the community. There should be a ritual for when a family moves onto a street and the whole block throws a barbecue of welcome and membership. There should be a ritual for the kids in modern blended families when they move in and join their lives together. There should be a ritual for when you move out of your house and everybody shares memories from the different rooms there. There should be a ritual for returning soldiers in which the community assumes responsibility for the things the soldiers had to do to defend the nation. so my question would be for you is what should there be rituals for and so here's i want you to take a minute turn to somebody next to you or move to someone close closer to you and say what should there be rituals for Do you have any thoughts or ideas? Or which one of these grabs you? Is there a ritual in this next coming year that you could engage in? Is there one that you've already stepped into? So turn and talk, share with them for two minutes. There should be a ritual for what? What do you think there should be a ritual for? Share that with the person around you. Share your thoughts of that, take two minutes. Do not sit alone. I wanted to answer, but two, so, what should there be rituals for?
5: <laughs> yeah hmm yeah. 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 yeah.
6: i love that Yeah. Oh,
3: did you know I have, a, I have a new little kitten?
6: Nice. He's, he's four me. He's four weeks old. His name is Brisket. Chris, oh, I love that name. He's a little black kitten. A little black kitten. All right. Now you might not have had. Did anybody have any ideas? Have any thoughts? What is a ritual? What there should be a ritual for Jackie? yeah what a beautiful and and, and i think we make it simple we can actually do it but if it has to involve anything that's too heavy right it's a, but what a beautiful ritual anybody else uh, mike was Mike. you didn't say this exactly but when i heard you sharing it was like there should be a ritual for mended relationships right where there was like um you acknowledge a healing took place. It was mended. Did anyone else have anything that just kind of struck their mind or it, it was Ryan, I see your hand up. So did, who is the intermediary who heard what he said that can then shout it back to me, who's halfway between? Did you say like recognizing the like 10,000 days on earth? That's pretty cool. You'd have to do the math, right? I'm sure there's an app. Uh, 27, years. <laughs> 27 years. Yeah, it, boy, it, for those of you who are 27 years or older, is 27, 28 not a pivotal moment in the life of a human? Just sort of really, you don't have it figured out. So if you're there and you don't have it figured out, you never have it figured out. But boy, does that those feel like pivotal years. 27 years is how many days? 10,000? Wow. It feels like there should be more. <laughs> Anyone else? What ritual that should there be? I used to go here
5: it's a moment when we got together and just appreciated each other. Yeah. Reflected on all those other times.
6: Yeah, there they it would be interesting to have those very commitments to the practice or to the ritual that was going uh, into it. That's really interesting. And even being camping as one, even just being outside, connects you differently. Now again, that's t- some people are like, that's terrible, put me in a hotel room. <laughs> but there's something about right, the, being grounded and putting your feet in sand or dirt or grass that, that connects you differently. Something about being able to see the stars that Connect you differently than um seeing painted walls did anyone else have any thoughts about a ritual yeah uh,
1: we had kind of talked about finishing the, the
3: sabbath um it's like a what did you say the pictures because i they they recognize it's oh that's the ending yeah hmm.
6: Yeah, original for even just transitioning weeks, stepping that rest. It's like, oh, goodness, we don't have anything like that, do we? I mean, besides like meal prepping or doing laundry or I don't know what your rhythm is. What's that? Existential dread. Yeah, (laughs) dread. It's like it's just increased weariness instead of that. Heather, I think you had one. So, if you're listening in, to, um, a, a, a ritual for getting to the end of a hard conversation, and just acknowledging it, we did it. <laughs> oh, yeah, paying off student loan debt or credit card debt. You know, oh, absolutely. Wow, what a beautiful ritual, too, that we would need. And, and to step into. I love the one they talked about in the neighborhood, welcoming new families where the community does that and that barbecue, it's like, oh gosh, I wanna be a part of a culture who does that. Sees people, acknowledges them, welcomes them. We need, we, we could use more ritual moments of discovery. Yes. There was, there was, there was, every moment holy. Oh
4: yeah.
5: Yeah. Um,
3: in communities, just generally, but the other
5: one is on work and different rituals.
6: So those are free in terms of PDFs that you can just go to. Too, so that resource was "Every Moment Holy,", Every moment holy. and three yeah, we've got—I've got one of those books. and They have beautiful prayers for moments, right. and that remind you of these moments. And sometimes we just—we don't have the eyesight. We don't have the vision to recognize the doorway that we're in. This moment of being really, really human, a human moment, we we just don't have the foresight to see it and to recognize it Um, and to know that it's significant. And not only that, that people would want to enter it with us and that we would want to have people. And these are not just moments if you're Married or if you have kids, these are all sorts of transition moments if you're single or separated or whatever it might be So beautiful, so that's a great resource if you're getting kind of looking just for patterns. So oh, Ginny you had one um, I'm making black eyed peas. I do that
5: every New Year's um, And my family um, All takes up and I say, if
3: it, you know, this is supposed to bring good fortune yeah. It's silly, but yeah. We do this. And I I would put a card next to them saying if you
6: don't eat this and you break your legs, don't come running to me. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny's making black eyed peas. So yeah, there's that tradition that brings good fortune in the new year. And she said that it, she gives them to her kids and if my bad mother, things happen to them, it's not her fault. Mother, and so I love things like that. Mine too. I'm making black eyed peas right now at home and collard greens my my gram I yeah have some great that are now. so I one version with ham or course, making, and the other version vegetarian uh, label, uh, you're kind and inclusive <laughs> you're a kind and inclusive person i am not <laughs> poor vegetarians in my house well, there aren't any <laughs> Okay, so I, um, as we go, so this, uh, in your weariness, I, I want us to, I, I want to encourage one ritual, and then I want us to do one. And so the ritual we're going to do is communion. What I love about this reminder of this, it, it, it reminds us about the new community, the community of God that has included us and includes anyone who steps into the doors where the light of God shines on their face out of his abundant grace. So I love that. So we're going we're to do that as our ritual that brings discovery, but also recovery. Discovering that we are gods, but also the recovery that we need to be sustained. By the life of Jesus, day in and day out. So we're going to do that. But then I want to, I want to, do, I want to encourage you and, and give you one other ritual to do. And so I've got a whole bunch of boxes of chalk. And we did this during COVID. And so there is a type of blessing. It's called the epiphany house blessing. And it happens sometime in the time of epiphany. But it's a blessing for your home in the new year. And so I've got a whole bunch of pieces of chalk. I've got the blessing out there right by the chalkboard if you want to grab it. This is a blessing that you can do in your home, apartment building, uh, whatever the place that you habitate is. But I also want to encourage you to um, give it to somebody else. And don't just give it to the people who are like, oh, that person's religious. They'll like it. <laughs> and, um, Ask the Lord who, who this would be a gift to. It acknowledges a discovery of God's goodness and blessing over people. And so the blessing goes like this. You got a piece of chalk and you can do it on the inside doorway of your home or the outside doorway of your home with a piece of chalk. And you leave it up for the year. But I've got the little signs. The house blessing has the number 20 at the front. And that plus is actually a cross. So it'd be 20, cross. C cross M cross B cross 24. And the 2024 is the year. And the CMB, according to tradition, marks two different things, potentially. One, believe it's the names of the Magi. Um, Others, it's a Greek form of the words, may the Lord bless this house. And so as a part of this, you'll get... A, sta- a, you know, a stool or a chair. Be safe. I don't want anybody fall in. So get that. You can mark the door frame of your house. Um, this, this happens in, like, in, in Anglican churches and Catholic churches. And there's a blessing. So they would write that out. And then here's the prayer. And the prayer is this. May all who come to our home this year rejoice to find Christ living among us. And may we seek and serve in everyone we meet the same Jesus who is Lord of all people forever and ever, amen. So that would be the prayer that you would do as you, after you write the 20 cross C. Greg, did you get a question? Oh no, you're taking a picture, okay. And so that's what this one, that's what this is. We have the chalk and then in, in just a little bit of the house blessing with that, you can, make, you can just say, may Christ bless this dwelling. As you write the blessing out, so I've got a hundred and something pieces of chalk, um, and the blessing here. And what the Catholic Church does, what I love, is they actually bless the chalk. And when you're not raised in traditions like that, you can sometimes like look down upon it as like a, like um, I don't know, it's like less than or not cool or weird. I don't know, but I, I'm finding a lot of beauty in things being set apart. And finding it significant and so i wanted to take a moment and bless the chalk set it apart for the purpose of blessing homes inhabitants and it, and what that really means it's blessing the people who live in the homes so as you take this chalk we're reminded this chalk is set apart for blessing and so let me pray for the chalk let me bless this chalk, even when I say it out loud, I feel weird about it, but this chalk is set apart for the purposes of God's blessing and God's good over families and their homes and their establishments and wherever they might live, because our God is a God who's good, who speaks blessing, and who is near. And we anoint, we set this chalk apart in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And so I want to invite you, like, Ed, do this at your mom's house, right? Just reminding her, you know, um, do this at your friend's house. I, I think it's more significant, not just thinking about the religious people in our lives, but, but the other people who are still, they're, they're, they're trying to, they don't know the way to Jesus. But that way is so close. It's right before him always, And even these little reminders are like, they may have thought it was so much further. Did you ever think the way to Jesus was so much further than it actually was? They actually thought you had to jump over every milestone or every confusing idea had to be corrected. And all of a sudden, Jesus just pops in and is like, I am here and I love you. And that idea encompasses you for that moment. I think so many people around us are there. So um, I'm gonna put the chalk out there by the chalk board, grab a couple pieces, grab the Epiphany Blessing, and right now we're also gonna take communion together and then we will, um, we'll, you'll step on your way on this beautiful New Year's uh, Eve. And so Andrew, would you, would you pass out? These are gluten-free, which um, I love that we can do this and accommodate um, everybody in this community. So would you pass these out, sir? We'll pass them through if you didn't get one. And I'll take um, another box and hand them on this side. We'll pass those. And this is a ritual in the life of the church. It's a ritual that I, if you're here, we invite you to take with us together. As it marks a community of people. To recognize that we are welcomed by God. That God has welcomed us. And in our eating, I believe we do two things we ourselves welcome God who welcomes us and when we do it in community we welcome each other this is not a solitary act it's a community one showing the community so does everybody have a a little wafer Andrew you're a beautiful You are a beautiful servant of the lord thank you so much and so if you want to open it up and just grab the wafer and we remember that jesus was the one who initiated this ritual on the night of his betrayal he took bread he broke it he gave thanks to god he blessed god who created bread and gives bread to sustain us And he invited his friends to eat with him. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And so I just want to invite you just for a moment, would you kind of just look around just to see who's here in this community? Just acknowledging that this is a community who's eating this together. Just kind of spin around and see the people. Acknowledging this is the community which the Lord has welcomed and that we welcome. So Father, thank you for your body broken for us. Let's eat. And at that same time, Jesus took wine and we have juice. He blessed God who created it who's the one who brings the fruit up from the ground. And he says, oh, this is a new relationship that's been carved out in my blood, my love, and my sacrificial offering. Yeah, they can be hard to get open. Open. got it awesome you got it Andrew good so we give thanks to God the discovery we're reminded is in this it's a new covenant it's a relationship it's family and again we're reminded that God says I welcome you and I want your company God is for us, not against us. He demonstrated that with his sacrificial love, with his own life being poured out. He invites us to drink. So thank you, God, for your life given for us. Let's drink. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, may you have the opportunity to engage in ritual tonight as you gather for New Year's Eve. Maybe that ritual will be something with some chalk drawing. Maybe the ritual is just writing out losses or gains. Mike's got some ritual too. Yes. And then next Sunday, we'll be eating together. So bring a potluck dish to share, and then we'll have the Warming Center training after, uh, after that as well. God bless you, and Happy New Year's Eve.
0: You too. Happy New
6: Year's Eve. I'll see you.